Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. Formula One mourns the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Tributes have been paid by members of the F1 community, including Formula One President and CEO Stefano Dominicali. He sent his condolences to the royal family and said this, For more than seven decades, Her Majesty dedicated her life to public service with dignity and devotion and inspired so many around the world. Queen Elizabeth II was present at the very first Formula One World Championship Grand Prix at Silverstone in 1950. She bestowed knighthoods on four Formula One drivers during her 70-year reign, most recently to Sir Lewis Hamilton. Her Majesty also knighted Sir Sterling Moss, Sir Jack Brabham and Sir Jackie Stewart. Formula One sends its deepest condolences to the royal family and to the people of the United Kingdom and the Commonwealth. It's a fifth consecutive win for Max Verstappen. He will stand on the podium at Monza for the first time in his Formula One career. Very lovely, mate. <laughs> Great race set again. It finished behind the safety car. It perhaps was an unsatisfactory ending for many as we like to see action all the way to the chequered flag, but Red Bull and Max Verstappen won't mind that at all. It's another win on their seemingly unstoppable march to a world title or two in 2022. Max Verstappen wins the Italian Grand Prix. What an incredible drive by Max Verstappen. His fifth win in a row, his 11th this 2022 campaign. There really is nothing stopping that man and his Red Bull racing team this year. Now, this week on F1 Nation, there is no Damon, there is no Natalie. So I'm delighted to say that I'm joined uh, once again by Fred Ferre from L'Equipe in France. Fred, good evening. Great to see you. What is the headline on L'Equipe for tomorrow? Murder by cold blood. Murder by cold blood. What do you mean by that? Max is so impressive that uh, even Ferrari without a mistake can't beat Red Bull and his drive. It was that impressive, wasn't it? Well, I'm also joined by Formula One technical illustrator and I might say paddock legend, Giorgio Piola. Giorgio, it's lovely to have you on the show. What did you make of all that? Yes, I made uh, a lot of work, especially on the aerodynamic setup, because this race was fundamental to have the right setup, uh, and Red Bull made uh, the right choice. Now, look, the one thing about this Monza paddock is that it's absolute chaos. There are a lot of fans in here, but there are also some Formula One legends in here as well. And we've just bumped into Mario Illion. Hi, Mario. Uh, you've been at the sharp end of Formula One, you know, with, with McLaren and Mercedes. And what do you make of the job being done at the minute by Red Bull? Fantastic. Uh, absolutely fantastic. I mean, you almost can say they're dominating at the moment. And the way Max manages to get up front, even when he starts at seventh, here or as well in Spa, it's, it's fantastic. And it's obviously a pleasure to watch. What do you make of the power units, these hybrid power units? I think it's a, it's a good combination. It's, it's a very efficient engine. 
and uh, I think we gotta should keep it that way because we gotta we gotta demonstrate to the outside efficiency can be made with uh, combustion engines. Can indeed. Well, look, Mario, it's wonderful to see you. I think we're going to head on. <laughs> Lovely Hi, to see Mario. you. All right. Can we just really break down the performance of Max Verstappen this weekend? So he's only second fastest in qualifying. Were we surprised by that? I was a little bit. Uh, no, because uh, Ferrari was concentrated with the setup uh, for qualifying. We did that low rear wing, uh, were really very fast. Uh, but myself, honestly, maybe I'm wrong, but I say no way that Leclerc could uh, beat uh, Verstappen. Also, Le- because Verstappen is a completely, for me, it's nearly a, a new driver from last year because he's, oh, he's driving much more with the mentality, he's much more, more wise. He pushes when he needs and he stays calm when he has to stay calm. So for me, this year, Max is much stronger than last year. He did say something before the start of the race, didn't he? He said, we don't need to win this race. Yeah. We can just, you know, a podium would be great. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. And uh, I believe that uh, for, for Ferrari, I'm sorry, because even if I, honestly, I'm not a fan, I like that win always the best uh, driver. I do believe that Ferrari has no chance for the championship. Do you think they think that? Of course, they have to hope, like the people. You saw the people, there was also a booing uh, first up and that was unfair, if you want, because uh, anyway, the driver make a wonderful fight and first up and, wow, seven, uh, it was five lap halves of the was second. So it's unbelievable what he did. So it means that his car is so efficient that he's able even to overtake a car with less downforce rear wing because he's much faster anyway. And no degradation in the tire while Leclerc has quite a good degradation on the front left. Fred, do you agree with Giorgio that he is a completely new driver compared to last year? Yeah, from the beginning of this year, we, we already saw that. that it, it was like a relief, the Abu Dhabi title, and now he's, he's not making any more mistakes. Even last year, not so many mistakes, if I remember well, but now he's like in the new Lewis. Uh, unbeatable, uh, driving so cleverly when he used to uh, do some bad things and uh, trying to win at every cost. And remember that uh, the French Ocon won the F3 championship because uh, Max did so many mistakes when they were only uh, 15 years old so uh, it's a long time ago but he used to be like that and he discovered maybe uh, thanks to the title or uh, now the experience that he doesn't need that anymore but now he will win he will want to win every race till the end of the year to beat the records well so this is race win number 11 of the season Uh, the record is 13 uh, Sebastian Vettel in 2013 and I think Michael Schumacher in 2004 uh, as well. Maybe Singapore can be a doubt because it's a very bumpy circuit so maybe both Red Bull and Mercedes we have more problem than Ferrari. Ferrari seems to be a car that's suited to every kind of races, every kind of track and don't suffer the bump. While Red Bull and Mercedes yes. So maybe the only chance to interrupt uh, this fantastic 11 wins uh, it can be Singapore. I mean, when you think back to the Australian Grand Prix and the way that Charles Leclerc dominated that race earlier in the year, is that the sort of picture we might get in Singapore? Or do you think uh, Verstappen and Red Bull have closed the gap uh, on that kind of track? At the first race, Red Bull was not the Red Bull that is now. 
that was overweight, they made a lot of modification to the car, so the car is much better than at the beginning. While Ferrari, immediately the car was very reliable, very good to set up to any kind of circuit, so they had an advantage in this. But now I think uh, the combination Red Bull and Verstappen is unbeatable. Right, where do we think he's going to break the record, Fred? He's going to be world champion with 13 wins in Suzuka. Wow, so he's going to win in, he thinks he's going to win in Singapore. (laughs) (laughs) The Red Bull will be very, very good at Suzuka, won't it? Yeah, of course. uh, Singapore is a Ferrari track and Giorgio uh, will agree with me. Uh, Suzuka is a Red Bull track for ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Vettel won uh, one title there or maybe two. And he always won there when he was a uh, uh, Red Bull driver. So I think Suzuka for sure is a Red Bull victory. Giorgio. How long have you been covering Formula One? <laughs> it's not very wise to say because otherwise you can make the calculation. I can say that I started when I was five years old. Anyway, it's my 54th season. Your 54th season. That is incredible. But have you ever seen domination in the way that we're seeing Red Bull dominating the rest of the field at the moment? I feel it's even further ahead than Red Bull was in the four years that Vettel won with them, I actually feel it's more dominant than the early years of the hybrid era with Mercedes. Yes, but you, you forgot uh, that I started when there was not the hybrid era, and uh, you, <laughs> you have to remember 2002 and 2004 for Ferrari. And, Shumi. and 92 with Williams with, with Williams, Manson. With Manson. And uh, when Senna when Senna won the championship with McLaren, uh, he was missing only one race, McLaren, that year. And and the, the last year. In yes, the... and Schumi in 2002, he, he was world champion in the Grand Prix of France, and he made four okay. stops. I accept 2002, but I think if Max does get the record this year, I, I think it is a, akin to any other kind of domination we've seen, and it's quite extraordinary when you think that Red Bull uh, was in the battle for the world championship right to the last race last year and they've yep. managed to you know keep it going keep the momentum going with these new regulations yeah 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 no they are doing a fantastic job and if you see the car compare all the other car is full of innovation full of new solution we are always talking about the aerodynamic but also the suspension layout they are completely different from everybody and especially from last year so Adrian new is group of people they made an incredible job in all the area of the car and do you think adrian's previous experience with ground effect you know in the early 80s has that really helped him with this car for sure for sure for sure he has uh, the culture the philosophy of the ground effect car and then again i tell you this car especially myself when you take the picture maybe you don't understand very well but when you do the drawing that you can make back to back to the previous year you really understand that this car is nothing to to see with the other car for example ferrari the front suspension is very very similar to last year car and also the the mercedes one while the Red Bull RB18 is totally brand new car. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial. Plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. 
That's stamps.com code program. A new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. So the Red Bull car is fantastic. It's innovative. Max Verstappen is doing a wonderful job with it. But what about Sergio Perez? Do we feel a little bit sorry for him that the development of the car has gone away from his preferred driving style more towards Max? Yes, but we have to understand that the beginning was the opposite. Uh, Perez seems to suit better the car than Verstappen at the beginning. And now there are some little difference. I can't tell you, I don't know because I'm not inside the team. But for example, the two drivers, they use two different floors on the car. So that can be a little different. Then we have to remember that Verstappen uh, had uh, before the new engine. So, so it was again a, a, a quite an advantage compared to his teammate. But it's true that the, the, the evolution of the car, the update of the car, suit much better the style of driving of Verstappen compared to Perez. Now, you mentioned engines then. Uh, I'm thinking immediately of the engine penalties that we had um, after qualifying. Nine drivers were penalised. We had to wait a little bit to find out the grid order. What did you make of it all? Yeah, there was a delay, but we have to say that the, the choice for Red Bull to put a new engine again of Verstappen make him to have a two engine for the rest of the season. And this is very important. It can, it can be much safer than everybody else. What do you think of grid penalties, though, guys? Do you feel it's, you know, if you use um, a, an engine part or a gearbox that's outside the pool, should it be a grid penalty? Should it be constructors' points deducted or should it be a fine? You said what uh, I always said from the beginning. I don't understand why, for example, unsafe release from the, from the mechanic and the penalty on the engine or the gearbox has to be on the driver. I will put on, on the constructor, taking away, let's say, one point, two point from the constructor championship. At the end of the day, it's a lot of money. So, and then it's correct because you can imagine the people, not the, the real fan, but they see, if, let's say, a driver make a pole position, then he change the engine, and they, after they see starting on the back of the grid. They don't understand really but very well. But that's in Monza but, last year. Yeah. So I do believe that these rules have to be changed. Like, for example, I don't understand is always, I repeat from 20 years, why they don't give a point for the pole position? is the pinnacle of the technical 
of the best car and the best driver and there is no doubt why for example giving the price for the fastest lap in, in the race has not such a big impact from the technical point of view and remember that they they created that rule to save money not to spend too much on engine but yeah if you have to pay 10,000 euros for a new engine then you will have a something to uh, think about because now you have the budget cap. So a fine that comes out of the budget cap or deduction in constructors championship points? Yes, both. one of two but on the constructor and not on the driver. I see completely unfair to give penalty to the driver when it is a technical problem. I was having a chat to a, a friend about this and we decided that if you have a grid penalty you should have to start from the pit lane and then depending on how many places you go back is how many seconds you have to sit at the end of the pit lane at the start of the race so if you have a 10 place penalty you sit at the end of the pit lane after the race has started for 10 seconds <laughs> no 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 it has to be on, you're a purist on, on, aren't you George? Yeah, you like, are, like for example the racer to finish the racer uh, uh, behind the safety car is something that at the end of the day don't make happy anybody not even uh, say the winner I don't actually have an issue with it ending under the safety car, other than, of course, I want it to be green. We want to see, you know, a race lasting 53 laps. But you have an incident where Daniel Ricciardo's on the side of the track. The marshals can't get it into neutral. I don't think that deserves a red flag. And I think just the timing of it is very unfortunate. But yeah. it's happened 10 times before. Bahrain 2020, Felipe Massa had an engine issue and we finished under the safety car. And it will happen again very unfortunate yeah at the end uh, we can uh, justify all this uh, because at the end i believe uh, maybe science could be uh, attack russell but the, at the end uh, the, the spirit of the race remained the value of the race remained the same because i do believe verstappen would have won anyway and leclerc would have been second anyway the only doubt you never you never know if charles crash on the max then Maybe yes, George has his first win, or Carlos his second, ah. and then you have a Ferrari win, and you're happy, Giorgio. But I don't believe uh, both uh, Leclerc and Verstappen wants to make a crash. <laughs> I think uh, both, uh, they want to win, but uh, they're driving also with their brain. Yeah, but I think that Charles would have tried everything he could, and he know that he's no longer in contention for the title, so he would have pushed like hell, just like Daniel did last year in Monza and get rid of uh, Lewis at the first corner. So I think he would have tried that because he, he knows that Max doesn't want to crash. So let's try that. And he's good. What about Ferrari's performance this weekend? It was better than Spa. Why? It was much better than Spa. They understood better the behavior of the car. And also they found a, a very good setup for qualifying because they have a very low rear, rear wing, downforce rear wing, so they were very fast. But on the race, the trim, I believe uh, Red Bull made the right choice. Another person we've just bumped into, Mark Janay uh, from Ferrari. Mark, P2, P4, good day at the office for you guys? No, 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 no. Uh, for sure, Carlos should have finished P3 with or without safety car, because he would have got caught Russell, I think, and with safety car, he had fresh tires. Russell did not, so he would have overtaken him. With Charles today, Max was quicker, so for sure that's clear. But it was a shame in front of all the Tifosi to finish without an open race on the safety car. Do you think then that Charles would have given Max a run for his money if we'd had a two, three lap dash to the flag at the end? 
guaranteed. I mean, uh, he didn't have the fresh tires, the new tires, because he used them on the second pit stop, but Ferrari was the fastest car on the straight today, and Charles would have given it all, you know. So I think it would have been, I don't know the outcome, but Charles would not have settled for second place, yes. Mark, it was at least a clean race for Ferrari. There were no errors. It was, it was as... It was as good as it could have been. Is, is that how you see it as well? Yes, and not only a clean race, we, we had the pace. We were not as fast as Max, but we were much quicker than the rest. Um, the car was performing well. We were clearly faster on qualifying. So we, had, we did a good analysis after Zandvoort and Spa, and our setup this weekend was very good. The downforce level was very good. So I think we, the car was back to what it was throughout the year. Then you may or may not win, but we didn't see the Ferrari of Zandvoort and Spa. So regardless of the speed stops and, ev and everything else, you know, so I think, I think we're going to be very competitive in, in Singapore, honestly. How good's your French? Pas mal, pas mal, oui. Because <laughs> the headline on L'Equipe tomorrow is... Meurtre de sang froid. Murder in cold blood, i.e. there's nothing that Ferrari can do about the pace of Red Bull. Is that, have I translated that yeah. about right? Yeah, Fred says yes. The, <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, the wing. Yeah, but I don't think, I think Ferrari had the right wing today, honestly. Max' race pace was amazing, zero degradation. But honestly, if there would have been a fight, I'm not so sure if the right wing was the one of Max, you know, because look the way Carlos went through the field. Carlos beat Perez straight square, you know. So I'm not so sure they had the right wing level. I just think they, the, the pace of Max was amazing. On the soft compound, not. I don't think Max would have overtaken Charles on the soft compound, you know. So. But then, the, then even the virtual was not favoring us because the, it was halfway through, you just got the half of the gain. And yes, we did have more degradation than them. But it's just Max is able to even have zero degradation. You know? he, he is driving superbly this year. He really is, isn't he? Mark, thanks so much for coming on the show. We'll see you soon. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. I want to talk about Mercedes now. Lewis Hamilton coming from the back, uh, P19 to finish fifth. And of course, George Russell, Mr. Consistent, his seventh podium. Is that what we were expecting from Mercedes this weekend in terms of pace? I believe so, because uh, the car made a big improvement. First of all, the car is un incredibly reliable. That's the reason why also they can uh, reach the podium. But in terms of pace, uh, they are behind uh, both uh, Red Bull and Ferrari. So I believe this was the maximum result uh, they can do. Now, technically, George, does that car excite you? Does the W13 with its side zero waste, does that excite you? Jesus, I, I tell you, when I saw the car, I was uh, amazed because when I saw last year the, the mock-up of the car, I was afraid that this year we'd have done uh, like a GP2 cars, like, have all the cars the same. 
Well, when I was in Bahrain for the testing, there was at least four totally different kind of cars. And of course, the Mercedes surprised me. I remember that Toto Wolf came to talk with me and he was so confident to give one, he even said one second and a half to everybody. And that is amazing because you see, this world that is made so much on sophistication, wind tunnels, CFD, all the study, and then you come to the track and you see a result that you didn't expect. And the car is the worst car that Mercedes did, but they went on and they improved the car a lot. I believe that now. Why is it so bad? I think it's a combination of everything, not only aerodynamic, weight distribution, the position, the length of the gearbox, the position of the driver compared to the axle, everything together, not only the aerodynamic, and maybe also the engine that doesn't seem to be as powerful as it was before, at least no advantage compared to the other. But what I like in Mercedes, they went on working very relaxed. You know that I'm always in front of the garage. I never saw uh, upset or working with some difficulty. Um, it's so for me, I'm not surprised that he's so consistent. I'm not surprised that he can be also quite dangerous in the, in the championship construct, uh, championship for Ferrari. Do you think they can bounce back from where they are now to be championship contenders next year? I do believe so. Also because I remember one sentence of one of my heroes, Patrick Head, he said, Giorgio, remember very well, if the people are good, they learn much more from mistake than not when you do everything correct. Because sometimes when you do everything correct, it can be a kind of coincidence and you don't really know exactly why you are so good. While when you do a mistake and the people are good and work together very well, you improve from the mistake. So I do believe Mercedes next year will be a strong fighter. Fred, what about the performance of George Russell this weekend? I would say that now it's normal. Mm. They, they have a proper car, not a winning car, but they have the third car on the grid. And uh, he was second on, on first line. So finishing third behind the two unbeatable guys, which are Leclerc with the Ferrari and Verstappen with the Red Bull, is now usual place at the end of, of the race. Lewis was starting from the back of the grid. So uh, coming back to fifth, I think, is the normal position for a, a multiple uh, champion. That's it. The, the two guys are as good as the car can give them. George said something interesting after the race where I put to him, why did you try the hard tyre? You were the only car to try the hard tyre. And he says, because we had to do something different. I do agree. When you know that you are beaten, the only chance is to do something that the other don't do. And at the end, maybe for safety cars, for accident, for some problem, you find to be in the right so in solution. But if you, if you have a car that is lower in performance compared to the other and you play the same game, you are beaten. You know that you are beaten. Coming back to Ferrari, trying to uh, use the VSC to have a second free pit stop was the only thing they could do because they already saw on the first 10 laps that Max was too quick and too gentle with his tires. So yeah. they were beaten fair and square at the lap five when he was second be behind, uh, behind Charles. And if Charles hadn't pitted behind the VSC for, for Vettel's uh, retirement, it would, it, it then, then Max would have done. Maybe or maybe not. Maybe not because they were, they were so powerful and they knew that yesterday. I would just love to grab Jos Capito. Uh, Jos, 
Mick DeVries. What a performance. If I miss my play, now you're up for a drink, yeah? Yeah, it was fantastic performance. A jump in the car on Saturday, not doing any mistake, having this performance, being in a position where to push to defend, pit stop, all this was pretty new for him. It was fantastic. Obviously, we wish Alex Albon well, but if he's not fit for Singapore, will Nick be back in the car? We'll see. We assume that he's, he's fit, but uh, Nick is our reserve driver, so... But Alex is good. Alex is well. Talk to him after the race. He was really sad that he couldn't do the race, but we are very confident he's back in Singapore. Thank you. Thank you. Gosh, well, that was Nick De Vries, who uh, on his debut finished ninth in that Grand Prix. Now, I don't think you can overestimate the job he's done. De Vries, he's done, he done a very good job because uh, <laughs> making the, the first race uh, with this result uh, is fantastic. So he made also, he was uh, lucky because he drove uh, Aston Martin FP1, but he, he was really perfect in the race. The man of the moment, ladies and gentlemen, Nick De Vries is with us. Where you're heading down to the Mercedes uh, Motown, but Nick, how do you sum up what's just happened to you in the last 24 hours? I mean, the past 24 hours have been a dream. Uh, I don't think I was quite conscious of what has just happened. And, and you know what? Maybe it was good that it was all so quick because I think if you give if you give more time, you give more time to think and. There was no time to think and I just had to get on with the job. The, the team has been amazing. We've, you know, obviously there's a lot of work to go through and to, to prepare before such, you know, such appearance. But um, we focused on, on the main priorities and they coached me uh, very well through the race. And whenever I needed help or advice on, on something and on tools and balance adjustments, they, they helped me. Uh, and, and I think we, we really deserve this. What were you thinking as you lined up on the grid alongside Max Verstappen? <laughs> uh, we were texting yesterday evening, yesterday, uh, this morning. Has, has he supported you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously in the race, I, I let him by and he helped me, you know, getting a little bit more breathing air behind, behind me to, to Joe. And uh, Lewis messaged me last night and George was great after the race. So it's honestly to, to, to be voted as driver of the day and to feel everyone's support is just incredible. Do you feel this has been an audition for you somehow? looking at next year? Every time you're in a car, it's an audition. So um, yes, of course, but I'm, I'm glad that I got, I, I, I got to enjoy it because normally, you know, you forget to enjoy the moment. And, and I obviously it's been special, but I almost always forget to enjoy the moment. And my dad, he was coincidentally in, in Monaco, staying in my little place and he came down last night and we couldn't even say hello this morning because we would start crying. We just hugged and wa I walked on. And, and I could, you know, he, we are very emotional. We, we lived for this as a family for my whole life. And to get this opportunity is obviously amazing. And, and to, to, to grab it like this with two hands and to make it a successful one is just amazing. And whatever happens in the future, they don't take this away from us. You won a title in F2 with a French team. Could you drive for a French team in F1? <laughs> I could drive for any team. <laughs> It's a serious point because you have now shown this paddock that you, you belong here and, and there is a seat at Alpine going next year. Could it happen? Well, I mean, that's, that's a question that you shouldn't ask me. I mean, if, if I had the right to choose a driver lineup, I would certainly put myself in it. But um, <laughs> I do not have that right. So time will tell. The race looked very smooth as well. From where, were, were there any dramas for you at any point? The right front brake disc was, was a problem, and I think uh, if, we, if it would have restarted, we, we would have been in big trouble. Yeah. And what about your shoulders? There was something about that. What's going on there? When, when the safety car came out, it felt like my arms went in spasm. 
they couldn't move anymore and my heart rate and I didn't sweat even so much was was all good but just the, the intensity because obviously the cars are very stiff and they actually on the straight you need to to hold it right and and there's just no yeah no dull moment it's been so wonderful to see you get your break I hope we're going to see you here again very soon thank you very much what a great advert for his family but also what a great driver I mean, yeah, you yeah. could not have asked for more from him this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A fantastic attitude. I really enjoyed to see him talking so easy, so happy, so relaxed, and so wise also. Yeah. Old head on young shoulders. Sore he, shoulders. He's there for ages. Nobody noticed him, but he, he, he did a Formula 2, he did a Formula Electric. He was there at the beginning of the Formula E. He was a technical driver for the company who was building the Formula E before the first championship. Yeah. So he's very thorough on technical behavior of the cars, all the cars. He's very good and he drove for uh, uh, Williams at uh, Barcelona, Mercedes at Paul Ricard, Aston Martin on Friday, then coming back to Williams. So he knows a lot of cars. Almost all of them by the sounds of it. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. And then uh, an ACS press, please. Sorry about the launch, Matt. Sorry about the pit stop. You drove a great race there. Yeah, geez. There's too many mistakes. Lando, just a quick word on the race. Um, slow pit stop, but yeah. P7? Yeah, it was a slow pit stop. Also, the start um, was a bit of a mess up with the, the controls and buttons and whatever. So uh, I lost a lot there. Um, should have finished P5 today, which would have been a, an amazing result. A lot of points is what we really deserved. Uh, but on the hand, we didn't deserve because we made too many mistakes. So. Um, Happy otherwise, the pace was very strong, stronger than Alpine, and um, that gives us some good good confidence going into the next few. Were you surprised by the pace of the car relative to Alpine? Uh, today, yes, because Sunday is normally the day that they step up. Uh, we can be close on Saturday, and then Sunday they, they're always a little bit better, but uh, today not the case. Unless Fernando had a problem, I'm not too sure what, what his issue was and when it started and whatever. But uh, I think so. We weren't expecting to be quicker today because their pace on Friday in the long run was, was like a lot, lot better than ours. But uh, today was, um, we stepped it up and we did a better job. So, uh, yeah. Talking of better jobs, one final one from us. BMW PGA, how'd it go last week, the golf? Uh, I played so badly. Um, yeah, yeah, I need, a, I need a reset my golf career. I think my racing mentality is too, too bad for my, for my golf. I just played badly. I had a great day with, uh, with Tyrrell. Uh, and my whole group was a lot of fun, but I just play terrible, so it takes a little bit of the enjoyment out of it, but otherwise... So competitive. I know, I am. Uh, I'll beat you all next time, don't worry. All right, look, well done today. Cheers. Thanks, Lando. Great to have you on the show. Look, and what about um, what Lando was telling us there about the McLaren relative to the Alpine? I do believe that the McLaren really is not respecting the expectation because last year was a much better car. And... Uh, and this year seems to be not so 
very competitive, especially compared to Alpine. But as we saw, Alonso had a problem. So this is the reason why in the race was not so competitive. Yeah, but once again, Lando very quick in qualifying. There aren't many better qualifiers, if any, on the grid, I'd say. Yeah, 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 he did a very good job. Uh, I do believe that Alpine, they made uh, this year a better job. They introduced a very big modification to the car. They modified the shape. And even, I have to say honestly, McLaren, they started from Spain to modify the car. But the results are not there on McLaren. Even if today Norris was very good, of course. And of course, he's got a new teammate coming uh, alongside him at McLaren next year in Oscar Piastri. In fact, both of you guys, we haven't had your thoughts on that. What do you make of Oscar, George? You know that I'm the wrong person because I never saw him racing too much. Well, Fred, you have. Yes, and I have to admit that the, the guy has the same um, career, young career, as Leclerc and George Russell. So you can expect the same um, talent when he will be in Formula 1. Now look, while we've got our French correspondent with us for a bit longer, Pierre Gasly uh, points for the second time in three races, finishing eighth today. Strong showing from him, but where is he in his head at the moment? Because he wants to drive for Alpine next year. It seems that Colton Herta coming from IndyCar isn't going to get the requisite number of super license points and therefore he's going to be stuck at AlphaTauri for another year. Where is he at? That was the plan. Uh, this year, he knew, he knew that he had to, to find a proper seat, but there is no seat available. Then suddenly something happened on the 1st of August. He tried to get it, but he's under contract with Red Bull. So if Colton Herta is not coming with the super license point, then he has, he has to uh, stay one more year with AlphaTauri. And how frustrated is he by that? Very, but you can imagine. He's driving for AlphaTauri since 2018, so quite a long time. He showed that he's a good driver, he's a Grand Prix winner, but mm. nothing moved for him. So uh, he, he has to be patient one more year. Or something happened that's a special authorization that Colton Herta, who has won more than one race in IndyCar, can have some points from the wins of IndyCar, which is not as good as Formula 1, but at least as good as Formula 2. So he should deserve the points for the super license. But I think it's not going to change. Giorgio, what do you feel about the super license points? There are, unfortunately, there are rules that I have to respect. Uh, this is the system. So what as Frederick said, is tot I totally agree. But at the end of the day, uh, when there is rules, uh, even if we make all the wise thinking, all uh, thinking the best, because as he said, winning in, in Indianapolis for sure is nothing less than winning here in the lower category. But this is the rule, so we have to wait and see what's happened. Rules is rules. I agree uh, with Giorgio. But when you think that Max Verstappen came in at the age of 17, and there have been other instances, Kimi Raikkonen back in 2001, straight from Formula Renault. It does, unfortunate is perhaps a better word, it's unfortunate that Colton hasn't got the points that he needs, but he needs to find a way to get some more next year, finish higher up in the championship in IndyCar next year, and he can come the following year. But that leaves an interesting dilemma for Alpine, because if they can't get Pierre Gasly, who's going to have to stay at AlphaTauri, who drives the second Alpine in 2023? Now, Nick De Vries, 
is being linked to the second Williams seat at the minute after such an exceptional debut this weekend in Monza. But might he be on Alpine's shopping list? Or what about Jack Doohan, who's a race winner in Formula 2? Jack Doohan is the next uh, Alpine driver, so he should be the the cheapest choice and the, the cleverest choice for Alpine. But can they afford to have a driver who never drove a Formula 1 with Esteban Ocon? I don't know. Do they choose Nick De Vries who proved himself today? Or do they take Mick Schumacher out of Formula 1 at the end of the year? Because it's a big name and Alpine can surf on that big name. Right, final point that we need to discuss is that of Alfa Romeo. Joe Guanyu scoring the team's first points since June, the Canadian Grand Prix. Have they slipped back, Giorgio, or has it just been bad luck? Why haven't they scored points? I think a combination of both, because the car didn't have a big evolution here. Yes, they have quite a sophisticated aerodynamic, and this guy is really a surprise, so he deserves more. For Joe? Yes, yeah. Joe, because when he was taken, we always think him that he came in Formula One just because of his sponsor. But he, he showed him immediately that he's a very good driver. And uh, his teammate, of, of course, Bottas too. So at, at the end of the day, the team uh, didn't get the result that everybody was expecting. The car, the budget of the team, of course, is not very big. And you can see also from the way the car is done. But there are some interesting points in the car, some good solution. So we wait to see. Uh, maybe uh, I'm wrong, Jojo, uh, you will tell me if I'm wrong. But uh, it was the only car who was at the, at the wait at the beginning yes. of the year. At that point, everybody was not able to do a car which was less than 800 kilos. And yeah. Alfa Romeo did that bet and it worked for the beginning. Because yes, that's the reason they were totally against uh, to increase the weight, the, the weight of the car. Because uh, to reach that level of a car very light, uh, they had to spend a lot of money. So they spent a lot of their budget on this. And, and, and did, But did they back the wrong horse? Because actually, is the fact that they've had to make everything light one of the reasons why they've had quite a few reliability issues? Can be possible, can be possible. One thing that I don't know, it's not a secret because we published at the first lap they did in Fiorano, the floor crashed because it you was were the first to discover the poisoning. Yes, because it was too 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 light. Then they increased. At one point, I want to tell you something new that uh, on this car. Now this car they are made in pre prefabricated pieces because, for example, nobody knows because we can see the floor of the car. But as been told by two or three different teams that during the season they made even 15 different floors. Just that they start to build the a central section is always let's say the same, and they build up what they call the aerodynamic section due to the different kind of circuit. So imagine 15 floors. That's mad. Yeah. <laughs> but it's nice. Yeah. Unfortunately, we can't see them. Rem remember that one guy who is now the technical director of Red Bull and in charge of the ARB 18 was a young engineer in Sauber in 2012. And his name is Pierre Vacher. And he's French. Wow. <laughs> he's so proud. And he's French. <laughs> And he's doing a wonderful job. There is no doubt about that. Giorgio told you about the suspension, the everything. And the choice of the rear ring this weekend was Pierre, because Pierre used to work for Michelin and he's very, uh, always very 
uh, nursing, uh, you would say that, for the tire. Yeah. For, for him, it's the most important thing in uh, F1 victory, taking care of the tire. So the top 10 looked like this. Max Verstappen dominated to take his fifth win in a row. Charles Leclerc was second and George Russell taking his seventh podium in third place. In fourth, it was the second Ferrari of Carlos Sainz coming from P18 on the grid, with Hamilton just behind coming from P19 on the grid. Sergio Perez was sixth following that early pit stop. Lando Norris, that slow getaway that he talked to us about, was seventh. Pierre Gasly, eighth. Rookie Nick De Vries, ninth, scores on his debut. And Joe Guanyu scored his first points since Canada to round out the top 10. Gentlemen, just before you go, I wanted to get your thoughts on something that's really impressed you this weekend and also something that has been a disappointment. The disappointment, I start for, from the bad point. The disappointment, I'll finish the race, even if it didn't interfere too much the result. And a little bit also the attitude of the Italian crowd, because uh, of course, I do believe they like, uh, they love Ferrari, it's normal. But booing uh, Verstappen on the podium is something that I don't like. While it was a fantastic atmosphere in uh, Zamvot, also last year, when there was the fight uh, with Hamilton, the crowd in, in Zamvot were fantastic, not, not terribly aggressive. And the excitement to see Ferrari again, uh, at least uh, fighting while in the last races, uh, not only because I'm Italian, but because of, of the fight of the championship. Because, of course, if we love uh, Formula One, we love competition, not completely domination. When was the last time the president of the Republic turned up at the Italian Grand Prix? You know that I don't remember. What I noticed... Is that, that long ago? A long, long, long ago. What does that ago. say about Formula One, about Ferrari? Uh, for sure, he's a fan of Ferrari, for sure, because in Italy, uh, you have to remember one thing. One year, Patrese was leading Imola, San Marino Grand Prix on a Brabham. Then uh, at the end, he stopped, and Tambe, that was not a very famous, popular driver, but driving Ferrari, and the Italian people were mad, they were fantastic, they were terribly happy, because in Italy, it's Ferrari. And of course, the, the, everybody loves Ferrari, and the president, for sure, is a Ferrari fan number one. Fred, a hero and a zero from you? Not a zero. A disappointment is Ferrari, because I was really hoping that uh, they, they built a proper car for Monza, spending the money and all the, the, the brains in Maranello to, uh, to win that race, because at least it would have saved their season. It didn't happen, so it's a little bit of disappointment. I would have loved to, uh, to see Charles or Carlos in the podium, uh, crowded by uh, all the Tifosi, more than 300,000, which is uh, unbelievable. And for, the, for the, um, the good one, for me, it's Nick De Vries and Max Verstappen, the two Dutchies, were incredible today. I agree with you on Nick De Vries. He is the feel-good story of the weekend. And obviously we wish Alex Albon well, but it's been wonderful to see what Nick can do in a Formula One car. Uh, disappointment for me has to be Aston Martin, I'm afraid. Uh, I was expecting a little bit more from them, but you know that that car doesn't qualify well, but at Spa, Vettel was quite racy, wasn't he? Certainly in the early stages of that Grand Prix, and I was expecting more from them. Especially because they have, they have the people and they have the money. 
Uh, while in the Alfa Romeo we were talking about pro budget problem, in Aston Martin there is not, and they build nearly a completely new car, because we have to remember yeah. they came in Spain, uh, what we said, everybody said a copy of the Red Bull, but anyway, it was totally different from the car, the previous car. I think uh, there was only the radiator that stay nearly in the same position, all the rest uh, was changed, uh, so they made an incredible effort, they spent a lot of money, and the results are not there, so real big disappointing. Well, that's pretty much it, gentlemen. Thank you very much for coming on the show again, Fred. Giorgio, it's been wonderful to have you on the show. As a very proud Italian, what is it like for you coming to the Monza Grand Prix? Monza is a tradition, so you always like uh, to see this crowd at the end, uh, uh, this invasion of the public and yeah. everything is wonderful. And, th and they're ripping up the track, aren't they, over the winter now? They're going to rebuild some of the bridges, some of the tunnels are going yeah. to be made wider. Yes, so yeah. it's going to feel very different when we come back next year. Thank you to you for listening at home. You are very much part of this journey with us. And we will be back next week, next Monday, to just reflect on everything that's happened here. And we'll start looking ahead to the Singapore Grand Prix as well. So please join us then. But for now, F1 Nation is produced by Formula One and Audio Boom Studios.